All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The first selection of the National Hockey League draft belongs to the Daily Faceoff podcast. Comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, chance, stop! Stay And it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night as you're lining up for a good trail. Way to go, gang. And the zone, Sikora kicked it out, got it back near side of Korea. Korea, the fans want one. Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 49 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan, and every single one of these intros sounds the exact same. Yeah, uh, i got to keep it standard. <laughs> with me, as always, in Brantford, we've got Dylan D. Berthier. How's it going, D? Pretty good. Uh, sipping on some hot chocolate coffee that my roommate's girlfriend made me, and it's pretty awesome. Sounds Yum. delicious. Very uh, a little different than what you're normally used to uh, drinking on the show, but glad you decided to change it up a little bit. Uh, and well, then, she was making some. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. And then with us, also as always, is Michael Biebs Bondi. And Biebs, I heard uh, you have some pretty exciting news. Uh, something, nothing like crazy, but something exciting happened over the weekend for you. You got me so excited. I was like, oh, what's my exciting news? I, yeah, it's like, oh, you got engaged. That's what it sounded <laughs> like was going to happen. God, no. Um, to myself. Uh, but <laughs> To the game. Oh, yeah. Um, funny <laughs> funny little game. quick story. So I went up to uh, I went up to visit D over the weekend. I had to play in an, alum- an alumni hockey game with the school. So after the game, they were doing this. Uh, they had this bar event for all the 
people who went and players and stuff like that. And they were giving away Leafs tickets. Um, so me, you know, a couple of uh, juice boxes deep was feeling extra right. sugared up. Right. Let um, me just – so a girl comes by. Um, I think Beavs was slightly smitten because he threw down $20 on these raffle tickets like a baller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Like a well, baller. Yeah. <laughs> threw she, down she, that green bill. <laughs> she was pretty – and she was not impressed by the 20, but, uh, no. but yeah, so I threw it down, no. got, got my sleeves length of tickets. And then, um, and I literally had like 20 numbers covered. So when they started reading out for the tickets, um, I knew right at the end, the number was like 62. I knew that I had between 60 and 80 just covered. So, uh, so I ended up winning. Um, so I won tickets to the Leafs versus Dallas. And, uh, while I was actually buying the, the tickets, D's like, well, if you win, you have to take me. Right. And, uh, <laughs> More like one of those, just you know, super quick. And I, I said yes. So, uh, so basically, me and Deer going to a, a Leafs. Just uh, the hell out of that now. Yeah, and, got uh, it. Yeah. Got to do it. I'm, yeah, I'm no, a little disappointed that uh, if you were really trying to spit some game, you should have just won those tickets and immediately went back up to that girl. And I'm sure she wanted to go to the game with you. That's how you're no, supposed to. No, the truth is, it. she was my old boss, so I really like. She That's... knows about me. I had no chance. <laughs> I had no <laughs> chance. Well, well I guess that's I guess that's good news for uh, for D. Her loss is, is D's win. So congratulations oh, yeah. to the both of you. That'll be a good one. Stars. That should be a maybe not an eight seven game like we had between the Penguins and Caps the other night, but maybe seven six like we had between uh, the Stars and Rangers yesterday. Apparently, we time traveled back into like nineteen eighty here. Some high scoring affairs recently, but those are always yeah. Fun. This week, people's goalies are just getting lit up. Oh yeah, D. Didn't you start Matt Matt Murray the other night? Yeah, got me the old uh, seven goals against W. That's I actually hilarious. put Murray and Fleury in just in case something happens because it actually happened a few times where I had both of them in because my third goalie wasn't playing. And uh, like one time Murray got lit and Fleury came in and did pretty well and got the win afterwards. <laughs> it's so um, funny. So Sorry, I looked at the score and expected them too. to see numbers from both and I just saw Murray like seven against. So I was like, oh my God. And it's funny, on, <laughs> daily face off, <laughs> on Daily Face Off today when I was confirming uh, Murray, I was just like, yeah, like rarely do you see uh, a starting goalie allow seven goals and get the W. And then I was like, <laughs> but like even more rare than that, do you see that guy start the next game as well? So it's, oh uh, it's a little... Especially when there's pace. like, you know... Like, it's kind of a 1A, 1B scenario. Like, seven goals. Like, yep, got to roll up the hot hand. We got the win. Yeah, like, Fl- Flurry for sure went home that night. His wife's like, oh, so, like, Mark, you starting, uh, you starting on Wednesday? He's like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, Murray allowed seven tonight. I'm in there for sure. And then gets the rink today. And there's like, nah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Wait, do you think she calls him Mark or Mark Andre? M.A. Oh, probably. She calls him M.A., baby. Yeah. Yeah, M.A. Okay. Hey, Matt. <laughs> The flower. She just calls him the flower. The flower? That's nice. But uh, aside from super high-scoring games this week, uh, there was a a lot of other news. So we're going to kind of do something we don't normally do and kind of just go around the league, uh, discuss some of this week's hot topics and maybe kind of how they affect the uh, the fantasy landscape going forward. So I think we should start with the one that we're all probably the happiest about. Uh, We've really pretty much torched the (laughs) Islanders all season long. Um, so so it's this man's misfortune. Yeah, <laughs> seems it seems fitting to start with dance. Jack Capuano uh, being relieved of his duties in Brooklyn. Um, That's always such a funny way of uh, being put that he's fired, eh? Like, yeah, he, he just relieved. doesn't have to do that anymore. Yeah, you've just been relieved of your duties. Uh, <laughs> so then now their interim head coach is former uh, St. The Louis legendary. Blues center Doug Wait. Uh, Come on. I didn't yeah. even know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, That's the best part. Quick story, actually. Doug Waite was one of my like favorite non-Red Wings growing up because I don't know if, right. I don't know how I got lucky, but like as a kid, 
because I think he's from the Michigan area, so he was always like super generous. And as a kid, I got three pucks during warmups over my career. Every single one of them was from, from Doug Waite. From yeah. Doug Waite. Yeah, one was skate- from Garnet Exelby. That's hilarious. Really close. <laughs> really but, close skill wise. But yeah, Dougie Waite used yeah, to skate from, over. From every- Warren, Michigan, dude. That's where Eminem's from. Yeah, there you go. He uh, he'd skate over every single game, like at the end of warmups, and toss a couple pucks over. So I have like three. You know, Red Wings warm-ups pucks, but none of them came from actual Red Wings. It was Dougie Waite. So, respect to him. Hopefully, he can turn that uh, that team around. Seems relatively... I heard now that he's coach, he's just been throwing pucks over the bench at people. Just wheeling them at his players. <laughs> <laughs> Smart up! But, uh, D, we'll start with you. Just, like, now that they've moved away uh, from Capuano, who seemed to really... Um, shake the lines up basically on it on any on a whim like any given night who knows who could be playing on the top line uh from mm-hmm. from jason chimera to cal clutterbuck to uh josh bailey who knows right but uh how do you know. think this this move moving to dougie Waite, moving away from capuano how does it affect uh the islanders players uh like maybe who does it benefit the most on that roster well you know, it's interesting. There's not, like, a whole lot of talent that's uh, all of a sudden going to be uncovered here. Right. Um, no. like, I don't think that's a secret. Uh, but uh, I think one guy who could potentially see an uptick in ice time is Ryan Strom, especially with, like, um, I mean, when a new coach comes in, he's going to be, like, more swayed by management than, you know, kind of early on. And I think the Islanders, one way or another, are going to want to get Strom more ice time. They're either going to want to figure out what they have in Strom exactly or, like, at the very least, try to build up his trade value. And another possibility is if you see more concrete line mates with uh, Tavares, I think that could help him. Um, it's definitely more of what he's used to, you know, playing with one or two guys consistently throughout a season. And like you said, just really has not been the case uh, in Brooklyn this year. So, uh, yeah, I think, to, like, I mean, here's hoping Tavares can uh, pick up his point production a little bit. And Strom, you know, uh, down a minute, I think, from last season. He's only playing 14 and a half minutes a game, so definitely a lot of uh, room to grow in that area for him as well. So it'll be interesting to see what Dougie uh, starts out with. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, even though the Islanders got the 4 nothing victory uh, over the Bruins on Monday, he got fired right after um, that game. I bet you what happened was Garth Snow probably just went over to dailyfaceoff.com, went to the Islanders lines page and saw that Steven Gionta was playing with Ryan Strom. He's probably like, well, that's not going to do much for uh, his trade value. Uh, and just is like, we we're just- gone. Can we just marvel at the fact that Steven Gionta played an NHL game in 2017? Yeah, he's yes. like, what, 33 years old or something? He's getting I'm, up there I'm, for sure. He yeah, <laughs> cracked any lineup ever besides New Jersey way back. But Yeah, with his bro. Yeah. Yeah. Beebs, do you have uh, any other <laughs> Do you have any other players that you could maybe expect to see uh, some improvement out of now that Capuano's not behind the bench over there? Yeah, well, um, the Islanders are currently in third last, so um, they they're they're not really playing for much as far as uh, wins go this year. They're playing more to see what they have next year. So um, what I kind of just wrote down is just in general, the younger guys in the lineup are going to get a shot. Um, Doug Waite doesn't really have the weight of uh, wow, that was weight and weight. Um, he doesn't really have all that pressure of you know getting the wins right now because they know that this year is kind of a write off. So for him, it's more to see what they have going forward. Um, I don't expect Steven Steven Gionta to stay in the top six. Um, you know, maybe give some guys like Alan Quain or Quinn, however you say that crazy Quinny. last name. Oh uh, yeah, Quinny. Uh, a little Quine, bit more ice Quine. time there. Sure. Um, sure. We're gonna see. We're gonna see Anders, or, An- Anders Lee probably stay with John Tavares. Um, guys like that who you know where they give them. Let's just see what you can do for next year. So, um, and one guy who I definitely think is gonna benefit is Andrew Ladd when he comes back healthy. Um, there's no way you can put that guy on the fourth line again, right? Two coaches aren't gonna make that mistake, right? 
I don't know. Maybe they will. <laughs> he just, but yeah, he's once been he so comes bad. back, you can see that happening. Um, you don't pay a guy that much money to uh, to have him, you know. Just rotting. Yeah, I'm so surprised they never gave him more of a run with Tavares. Like, they didn't give him, like, any run, really. Any run, numbers. yeah, no. But uh, for me, I think the one guy, I think the obvious answers are, uh, obviously, D, you alluded to it first, uh, Ryan Strom. I also think Anthony Beauvillier uh, is another guy that should see more ice time. Uh, he's been a healthy scratch for the most part over the last couple months. Uh, him and Strom are actually um, tied for eighth amongst uh, Islanders forwards in even strength ice time, which um, if you're if you're a team that's in the dumps right now, that's not really the kind of ice time you want to be giving you your the future of your team, really. Um, but uh, Beauvillier is a guy that also ranks uh, third among the team in points per 60, so he has been relatively... Um, productive when he has been given the chance um and then as far as strom it's just he's really just had a brutal year he's got the worst or second worst Corsi four percentage on the entire team um and his mm-hmm. underlying numbers um have, are literally so far off what they were in 2014 or 2015 yeah, sorry when he when he broke so out far. um obviously i think a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that um, there's just a, a, a lack of skill around strom this year as well i mean this team's obviously yeah. falling apart uh it's falling a you know, a long way from the team they were uh, that year. But I think Beauvillier is a guy, and uh, I mean, I don't know so much about Alan Quine or Quinny, however you want to pronounce it, but uh, Beauvillier, Strom, those seem like guys going Sound forward famous. that should help. Um, and then still, like like you said, Biebs, uh Honors Lee should continue to get a look with Tavares. It's just, realistically, I don't see this team, like, I don't have any faith in the Islanders as long oh, as no, Garth Snow all. is the general manager. I really, like, he has just made so many bonehead moves, whether it's, uh, uh, trade Nino Niederreiter for, for Cal Clutterbuck or uh, just some of the things he's done over the years is brutal. Didn't and he signed DiPietro? Yeah. He signed a huge... Yeah, this is one D. of his Pietro, first moves. He's still yeah. paying DiPietro to, uh, to this day, probably. Um, mm-hmm. But let's just talk a little bit more here about Ryan Strom. Uh, Elliot Friedman, he writes uh, a great column every week called 30 Thoughts. And this week he, he wrote that uh, Ryan Strom's probably in play, uh, which I think comes to... A little bit of a surprise when you just when you think about the Islanders basically being in a rebuild, you wouldn't think of them trying to get rid of their 23-year-old former fifth overall pick. Uh, but D, if uh, if Strom is on the block, who would you think somebody would be like? Try- which teams would be trying to pursue him right now? Uh, I don't know. It's interesting because like I don't think anyone could expect too much like immediate help from Strom. Right. Um, but I think like a team like Buffalo, who could still use some like depth up front as far as you know, uh, young talent goes anyway, um, could be like an interesting spot. Like I don't see the least making a play for him. It doesn't really make sense That's, at this point. I actually wrote them down as a potential. Like maybe they'll throw some picks for him. The Leafs? Yeah. I'd yeah, say. I just think they would rather spend the assets on a defenseman at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So yeah, I don't know, man. But like, you could also see a team, you know. Like, Nashville could be, I think, a good spot for him. Um, obviously, it's purely speculating. But, like, someone who could just, you know, is maybe in need of a top six guy. Um, that obviously be putting a lot of faith in Strom. But, like, Brock said, we see what he could do, like, a couple years ago when he had decent players around him. And then obviously, like, his own game hasn't been up to par since then. But uh, I don't think it's been easy in Strom in Long Island by any means. He's kind of had a hard rap to go at it, especially since that first year. Uh, so, you know, I guess change of scene could be good if you buy into that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's really tough to say but because it's kind of like he's on kind of the edge of like someone who can help you right now or is he like a move moving forward, right? You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And you know what? I think you, I like both of those answers because I think he is a guy that can almost be pursued by almost every team in the league. Um, yeah. If you're if you're a team if you're a team that's in, like Duran last year almost. But yeah. Not. If but if you're a team in a, in a rebuild, um, I think it's almost beneficial to try to acquire guys like this. Like I mean, we saw the Leafs kind of just stockpile draft picks, but I think another way of going about it is just buying guys low, just like we talk about on the show all the time in fantasy. Buying guys low when their value is way lower than it should be. And at least with a guy like Strom, you kind of know what you're getting with them versus if you just get a pick, you don't know which player you're going to get. So it's kind of mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're kind of fooling a devil that you know rather than the devil you don't know. So I think right. a team that's like Buffalo, like you said, uh, buying low on him might be a good idea. But I like the Nashville idea a lot too because that's a team that needs a lot of help up the middle. We know Strom can play center or the wing. I mean – I don't think Mike Ribeiro and Mike or Mike Fisher are going to be around forever in in Nashville. <laughs> and other than that, they've only got Ryan Johansson, so they could use help up the middle. I think that's a, that's a good one. Uh, Beebs, you got any other teams you, you want to add to uh, this list of yeah, just, just pure a, speculation? <laughs> just a couple. Um, obviously, as I said there, uh, I did mention the Leafs, and that was just kind of because of like you guys said, he's only twenty three. Um, they could kind of grab him for the rebuild. That's also kind of a push for the playoffs. That's the only reason why that one made sense, and because they have that overabundance of picks. But the real one that makes sense to me the most is Chicago. Um, that's a team where their top six forwards right now. They have R- R- Richard Panic as well as Ryan Hartman playing on their first line with Jonathan Taze, um, who's you know if they make a trade, maybe, maybe Strom doesn't go right on the front line, but he might start at, in the top nine, kind of work his way up. He could be great. Um, and and D, I'm actually a believer of the change in scenery thing. I actually had it written down here. You know, maybe a change <laughs> in scenery could do it. Um, but then the other team that I kind of was just kind of speculating about, and it's one that not a lot of people ever really think about for trades but this year it's columbus um do they really have a better shot at the title in the next five years than they might this year with what they've been doing um that's a team where i could see him maybe getting traded there again for the future but also to help them out this year for their playoff push um and then maybe he could go in a top nine role maybe push out josh anderson off the third line something like that um but i definitely think uh, i agree with you guys you know you buy this guy low he, he's played in the NHL. He's, he's he's up to speed with the game. He's just had a couple rough patches. Um, again, 23 isn't too old, so uh, so it's a guy you could put some work into, and who knows, uh, change of senior, he could do it for him. Yeah, and he's a kid that can do it all, right? He's a big kid, you know, 6'1", 200 pounds. He's just he's got great hands. He's a great playmaker. It's just. I, I, if I'm the Islanders, like if I'm an Islanders fan, I do not want to get rid of this guy. I don't. It makes no sense. If, but I mean, like I said, Gar Snow has done some pretty stupid shit over the years. But yeah, that's yeah. His, his 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 value is so low right now. It wouldn't make sense for them to trade him. But I wouldn't be uh, surprised if they did. Um, yeah. it, by the way, if I was the Blue Jackets, I would like 100% just be going all in this year because yeah. you don't know when you're going to get this type of goaltending from Bobrovsky again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, and, and this is the year, right? You're, they're in first right now. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not gonna happen exactly. like this. Yeah, they can almost off. just coast to a playoff spot, which is right. which and is not really been the case forever. Real skill up front, or you know, and just adding a couple pieces would be huge. Yeah, well, that's that's a it's a great point. Uh, let's move along here though and talk about another guy who's been rumored to be on the block um, for maybe I guess almost a better part for of like the last two years. Two years but uh, his name has kind of resurfaced on the block here recently. Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, in St. Louis has apparently become been made available. I guess again, the Blues are kind of looking into trading him again. He is a UFA in a few months, so uh, it would make sense, I guess, to try to get a return for him rather than just lose him for nothing. Even though the Blues are a contender, uh, Beebs, we'll start with you on this one. Kind of, d- is there a team that you could see Shattenkirk going to, um, or do you even just see the Blues moving him at all? 
Um, yeah, I could see the Blues moving them strictly because of some of the uh, the depth that they have at that position already and some guys who they're kind of waiting to break out. But I'll let you guys touch upon that because I know that D definitely wants to. Um, but for me, the one team that I could see them going to is um, the Edmonton Oilers. I think it's almost too obvious at that point. This is a team, as we've known over the last couple of years, they're stacked heavily offensively with off- potential offensive talent, and then their defense uh, just kind of has been struggling. And especially this year, um, they, they do look like they can be a playoff team. They can make that push. Um, but one thing that they're extremely lacking on is their defense. Let's just hope they don't have to give up Taylor Hall to get a shot. <laughs> Um, but one name that I kind of mentioned, and it's one that I would love to see move, is uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Maybe package him in there to get um, to get Shattenkirk. I mean, obviously this is speculation, so whatnot. But this is definitely a team that could use. Um, um, he would become their number one defenseman by far, and he, he could be someone who you know could lead them to the playoffs and then some. Um, so that's kind of my main. That's that's the one place that I could see him going. No, yeah, and that's the one place um, in that same thirty thoughts piece by uh, Friedman that he said. Um, they seem to be the one team that is like just the most interested in them. Uh, he also alluded to uh, the Canadians and the Maple Leafs as being two potential suitors as well. Uh, but Oilers, like the Oilers, I guess Shattenkirk kind of just like doesn't really want to go there. I guess it no, all kind of it all kind of seems like Shattenkirk just is basically going to end up with the Rangers. That's what everybody seems to think is going to happen, but not until maybe like next year, right? So. I think that that is a deal that would make sense uh, for Shattenkirk because I think that, uh, and D, I'll let you touch on Petrangelo and Pareko a little bit more. Those are the two guys that would benefit a ton from having this tr- this trade go down. But I think even somebody like uh, up front, like Vladi Tarasenko, if they if they can bring back another really quality forward, um, say it is a guy like Nugent Hopkins or something like that, which I'm not saying it will be, but then all of a sudden yeah. Vladi doesn't have to play with Yori Laterra anymore. Uh, <laughs> So there's a oh, lot. A there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of things that make sense about trading um, Shattenkirk at this point, especially because like yeah, it is, they're not going to get any value in the offseason. And it's like it's so sign. rare for a team to have two right-handed defensemen like Petrangelo and Pareko already on their roster. Like other teams like this in the same situation would probably hold on to this defenseman because that's a guy that you need in your roster, but. When you've already got a Petrangelo and a Pareko, I mean, what what can go wrong? You just that you move Pareko up the lineup one spot and, and fill in for Shattenkirk, and you're laughing. And then you add a piece yeah. up front. I mean, it just makes too much sense uh, for the Blues. But D, I'll let you touch on it a little bit more. Well, it's just it's kind of an awkward situation, right? Because like like uh, I mean, for midseason trades, we're kind of used to seeing like uh, for a rental player, like a team that's kind of out of it looking to move a rental player, right? Which right. Like, the Blues are obviously far from out of it. Um, so, uh, like, the thing that makes this trade probably kind of more difficult to complete is they want a tangible piece that can help them win right now, too. Right. And like I said, probably up front. Um, which, you know, teams that are uh, also in the hunt who would want uh, Shattenkirk for two months probably wouldn't be as uh, willing to give yeah. up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if he was to be moved, I think Pareko especially would see a huge boost because uh, when you look at power play time, like, Shattenkirk and Petrangelo are pretty much even. I think they're around like 140 each. Um, so clearly they're, they've been the top unit so far. Um, and Pareko is a good 50 minutes behind them both in the same amount of games played. So obviously it would give them a lot more power play time. Like we've talked about earlier on in the show, um, not this week, uh, sorry, but earlier weeks, about how Pareko has just kind of been really effective at even strength and is kind of due to break out. Uh, he did score, I think, Finally. four times this last week, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. But he's still shooting just 1.8%. Uh, on pace for 200 shots, which is great from the back end without getting the power play time, you know. Um, 
And I was looking at his usage, too, and it does suggest that Hitchcock likes using him in more offensive situations. I think his zone start, it was at least 50%. It might have been a little bit more above um, in the offensive zone, You know, which doesn't necessarily mean that he's just playing in the offensive zone, but it kind of speaks uh, to how the coach wants to use someone, right? Um, if that makes sense. Because, like, I've seen a lot of stuff about, like, you know, zone starts don't actually make that big of a, a difference in a player's usage because, uh, one, there's not that too many face-offs in a game. And two, um, like the puck resets the neutral, uh, you know, on average, decently quickly after a, yeah. a, a win in either zone. Um, but what I, what I think what it does say, sorry, in a roundabout way, kind of is like that's how the coach views using this guy, right? Like, okay, I have an offensive draw, time to put out someone who can push the puck towards the net. Well, and you, he obviously you definitely want Shattenkirk out there instead of Robert Bortuzzo in an offensive right, zone situation. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Um, so while like, you know, having them out there might not directly affect, uh, the kind of situations that they're in, like, it obviously just speaks to how, like, he approach any offensive situation or any situation they need a goal, you know, they're down one, like Pareko is more likely to get pair, uh, time on ice than, you know, so clearly they're, uh, they trust his offensive prowess and like they want to, I think they'd be willing to give him a shot at running the power play. And uh, obviously where a lot of the Shattenkirk talk stems from and i think it'd be really good for his production i think he could absolutely blow up in the second half it happened yeah uh if it doesn't happen i still think he's due for a slightly better second half than what we saw in the first half uh if not for anything else just the fact that he's shooting the puck so much yeah and uh just to go back to your point about the power play time right now shankirk plays three minutes and 15 seconds per night on the power play um mm. so that's a ton of power play time to divvy up basically between uh petrangelo and Pareko. Uh, and right. Pareko even Pareko's actually even started to see an uptick in power play time over the last few months, which is maybe uh, you know Hitchcock kind of going a little bit more towards Pareko, maybe foreshadowing the fact that Shattenkirk might not be there in in a month or so. But I yeah. do agree with everything you said, D, kind of about how difficult of a trade this will be to kind of orchestrate, just because obviously they're going to be trading him to a contender, and contenders aren't usually you know down to give yeah. up pieces from their active roster. So it's, it's weird. Exactly. It could be maybe a, a little bit of a Ryan Johansson, Seth Jones situation is, is basically the only way this could work. Except yeah. Like one. Nugent Hopkins does make sense. Yeah. And like, I think St. Louis would definitely be smart to do that. Um, yeah, I agree. If I was Edmonton, I'd probably try to move Everly before Nugent Hopkins at this point, but yeah, that's just me. Let's stick in Western Canada here for our last, uh, bit of news. Um, surprisingly enough, um, Andre Pavlik has found his way back into the NHL. Um, so the, basically, real quickly, the Jets have struggled immensely to keep the puck out of their own net. Uh, Hellebuck has, you know, he's been hot and he's been cold. Hutchinson's basically struggled all year. Hellebuck's had a really tough time recently, so they said um, they didn't just they didn't, I guess, send Pavlik down with the intention of probably bringing him back up. But when it's not working, they don't really they 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 didn't just stick to their yeah, mentality yeah they didn't stick to the mentality like hey we have to just go with hellebuck hutchinson they're like we got to bring pavlik up and see if he can maybe I, I know stop the bleeding was a term that was thrown around a lot yesterday um so andre pavlik is up he will start tonight which is wednesday night against the coyotes uh so his season debut with the jets this is a guy who's had his own fair share of struggles so i mean it's not like you're calling up uh I guess a Connor Hellebuck, because this is basically the same situation they were in last year, and they called Hellebuck up due to injury, and he played great. And then like, yeah. he became the gold. Like, he was always the goal of the future, but he came up and, and saved them a little bit. Now I think they're hoping that it would be the opposite, and Pavlik can come up and do it. Uh, but, D, we'll start with you. 
what do you expect from Andre Pavlik's return to the NHL? Uh, <laughs> not much. <laughs> yeah, just laughing. At well, it. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, man. Like, like you look at guys. Who was it? Hammond that came from the AHL with like a save percentage of like nine oh seven in the AHL, and then first month or two in the NHL was coming up like a nine thirty somehow. Won like Still twenty games in a row. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Had a you know, lifelong supply of cheeseburgers. Right. Yeah. right. So uh, goalies, like I like to say, are weird. Um, <laughs> and you never know. Uh, Pavlik, it was just two years ago, he was a 920 goaltender. Uh, 904 last year. So obviously he's capable of either end of the spectrum. I don't expect much. Um, you know, my hope would be that it's just to kind of take some some of the work away from Hellebuck. Who I still think is probably has the most promise moving forward. Might be getting a little burnt out now. We've seen him, I think, get pulled twice this week in back-to-back yeah. games. Um, so you know, a little some concern there, and I'm sure that's kind of what it is. But it's an awfully you know bold move to make, I would say, because they made such a big deal about setting him down. Um, so you know, it's not something you really expected to see before one of the two goalies got hurt, at least. Beebs, do you have anything to add to that? Um, yeah, actually, I just kind of, I was thinking exactly what you were saying. They're kind of just, you know, letting Hellebuck take a rest because he has been kind of getting shit on lately. But yeah. at the same time, uh, this may spell the end of Mike Hutchinson's career um, <laughs> in the NHL as far as that goes. <laughs> as far as NHL career goes, the guy just has not performed like he, sh- like he was expected to. But um, one thing that I kind of thought was hilarious that I had to mention, um, Steve Dangle wrote an article this past week about how bad Paul Maurice's goalies have been throughout his uh, yeah. his extremely long tenure as a coach because it goes all the way back to when um, I'm pretty sure Hartford had a team. Um, but basically, um, he's at a 904 career save percentage in his goal his centers goalies? that have played behind wow. him. Yeah, a 904. So if you compare that, um, actually, and he does in the article, which is kind of which is kind of what makes it such a great article. I'm not one to you know completely pump someone's tires over it but it, it was kind of an interesting read to see um as of right now calvin pickard is tied for 38th in the league with a 904 save percentage yeah so <laughs> you gotta put those comparisons um i would kind of expect Calic to just keep that train going for maurice because uh you know he it, it can't happen paul maurice can't have a good goal this is a guy that rode archer's Herbe to the stanley cup finals That's what i was gonna say yeah he can't he, yeah same guy i'm pretty sure he had raycroft when he was in toronto um so yeah. you know and Tosco, that was the that was those were the, the two. poor guy just can't get a goalie. Yeah, he really can't. So um, I don't uh, for Pavlik. I mean, uh, maybe who knows? He could go on one of those miraculous runs that we saw from Andrew Hammond a couple years ago, something like that. He could do something like that. But yeah, you overall, literally I never know with goalies. Like a, well, like whatever. and like I just like I guess the only thing I can really add to it is just from like a personal standpoint. Like if it, Pavlik, I think obviously comes up and he's got something to prove now, right? He wants to prove that he can stick in the NHL. Um, so I guess maybe if you're a believer and just, I don't even know, like trying harder or whatever the case may be, he's obviously up here with something to prove. He's going to want to play better. Uh, he obviously, he makes more money while he's up here. So if he plays well, he's going to stay. So yeah, he's um, obviously going to be motivated. He's going to be motivated. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, but it's crazy to like, I know that they're playing the Coyotes tonight, but it seems like everybody wants to start this guy in DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever tonight. And I'm just like, like, Okay, fine. It's a good matchup tonight, but like, why are you so excited about Andre Pavlik? Like, I couldn't figure it out. Uh, like, it's not like this is a 22-year-old kid coming up from the AHL, just like ready to prove himself. This is a 29-year-old with a career 917 save percentage. I mean, not not terrible, not great either. Uh, and it's a team that doesn't 
possess the puck a whole lot. So I think it's going to be more struggles in that for Mr. Paul Maurice and the, and, and the Jets, uh, specifically Andre Pavlik. But, um, 907 save percentage career, by the way. You said oh, 907. Sorry, yeah, 907. So not yeah. great. Oh. Uh, so but it's not great. It's pretty decent, but sorry, nine seventeen. Yeah, nine seventeen is good. Yeah. Nine seven. No, no, sorry, nine seventeen was a save percentage in the AHL. Sorry, this year. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure why people are so excited about a, a nine seventeen AHL save percentage. My bad. Yeah, career nine oh seven. Um, but let's just keep it going here. Let's move more into fantasy hockey uh, relevance. We just talked a lot about guys who are potentially on the trade block, guys that could be getting moved here as we as we move towards the February 28th trade deadline. So let's talk about some guys. Uh, Biebs, we'll start with you. Guys that you're, we, we do this quite often, buy low candidates. Guys that you're looking to target right now uh, because I'm sure uh, for in a lot of leagues, the trade deadline's also coming up in fantasy hockey uh, in the next month or so as well. Uh, so who are guys you're kind of looking to acquire right now um, on the cheap? Okay, well, one guy certainly came to mind, and it's because I'm pretty sure I've offered a guy in my league just about everything garbage for this guy, um, <laughs> is Anze Kopitar. Kopitar currently has 24 points across 38 games, and uh, out of those 24 points, only four of those are goals. He's shooting a, a, t- a pretty not uh, I'm going to say it. He's shooting a terrible 5.1% this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's never had a season below 10% in his career, um, shooting-wise, and he's never had a full season at that. So that's where it kind of surprised me that it's so low this year. Um, he's started to get hot in the last couple of games. He has seven points in his last four. He's still a guy who's getting around 20 minutes of ice every night because we all know how, how important he is out in L.A., um, also, if if we could take a time machine back to a year ago, I'm pretty sure he was in the exact same position, and people were just freaking out about it. And then he had one of the biggest second halves of the season. Um, I could see him doing that again. Another thing that kind of stood out for me is across 82 game seasons, Kopitar has never had a season worse than 61 points, and that was his rookie year. Just think about that. Every single year he's had has been above 61. Um, so for this year, he's on pace to have his worst year yet. I don't see him in the end doing that. Um, and he's, he's someone, as I mentioned, who has been turning it on lately. Someone who a lot of people, I think, have just been getting sick of in general. Um, he only plays the center position in fantasy, so that kind of limits how much value he has. But at the same time... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I have yeah. to interrupt. <laughs> Pavlik oh, yeah. allows a goal Pavlik just on the first shot on. I he faced. <laughs> yeah, I, first... I was literally watching it as I was telling you that all that <laughs> oh, stuff. Oh my like, god, yeah. this is... You can't make this shit up. I'm sorry, peeps. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just oh, saw that's it. all right. I saw it pop up on my Twitter, and I just I couldn't hold my. I, I honestly, I had the game on mute behind me, and I watched it happen, and I was trying so hard to keep that's my composure so while watching that. So, Holy uh, shit, that's too much. Uh, so yeah, don't expect much from uh, Andre Pavlik. If you can rewind a minute here, uh, yeah. but yeah, the, I think D, me, and you talked about um, Kopitar quite a bit. A couple weeks ago, when Beebs wasn't on the show, just about how uh, um, how much he struggled and how it just it can't continue. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, his on ice shooting percentage is hella low too. Yeah, which is like basically where all of his like obviously gone. at this point it's it's reasonable to expect a one of the worst seasons of his career. But I mean, he could still have a strong second half. There's a, you yeah, know, there isn't the most there isn't a ton of talent around him. Uh, he usually doesn't play with Carter or or. Toffoli or Pearson uh, Toffoli yeah but he's used to carrying lines you know what I mean like he's done it for it's not like he's ever been surrendered by like uh high tier talent like no Kings teams more or less have always you know been built from the net out and just a lot of depth up front right a lot of you know really good scores and players but like never like those elite elite players aside from Kopitar yeah uh who are you buying the one D uh I got a couple guys I'll just run through real quick uh Corey Perry is a big one for me he's got just eight goals and 25 assists in 47 games 
shooting just 6.3%. He's a career 13.2. So obviously, you know, I'm going to expect that to turn around at any time. The only time he's been below 10% in the season was, I think, his second season in 06-07. So that was the last time he was under 10% shooting for a whole season. Um, I would expect him to break out, like I said, sooner rather than later. And definitely potential to get you 15 goals down the stretch here. Um, so, you know, if you can kind of find someone who's getting annoyed with Perry and gets loud in the whole thing with the Ducks right now, um, I think he's a good one to, to target. Uh, another one is P.K. Subban. Uh, seven goals, 10 assists in 29 games. Seems awfully close to returning to the lineup. I know he was skating on, was it Monday, Brock? Have you heard anything Yeah, since? it looks like he's going to be back. Uh, I think tomorrow is their next game. Yeah, back to uh, captain so that all-star team. I think I think yeah. he's back tomorrow. It's not for yeah. sure, but it's he's so close. He's just on the verge. He just has to get cleared. Yeah, so I, I think like a lack of assists and the injury kind of created the notion that he struggled so far in Nashville. Um, especially when you kind of looked at it in comparison with Weber's early success in Montreal, which, you know, how could you not? Um, so that kind of narrative kind of seemed like it formed. Obviously, getting the all-star nod was uh, kind of offsets that a little bit, but I think that was more so um, just for the draw that P.K. Subban brings. You know, he's one of yeah. the most popular and likable athletes in the NHL. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd capitalize on that narrative if you can. He's shooting more than he did last year. His possession rates are higher, and his on-ice shooting percentage is sitting pretty low at 6.4% right now, so it makes sense as to why his assists are down. And, uh, yeah, I'd just be looking for him to come out firing when he, uh, you know, he's healthy again. I don't have all the stats written down in front of me, but you can just, you might as well just go ahead and throw Roman Yossi in the same boat there. He's another yeah. guy that hasn't. I mean, both of them really haven't lived up to the ex- expectations that we kind of, uh, even we've definitely built up uh, preseason for the Yossi-Suban combination. But, I mean, yeah, they need we're only halfway help. through this year, so this could be, I mean, they could just yeah, absolutely it, explode here in the second half. And it was definitely turning towards uh, until Suban got hurt. Um, I think it's to be expected, right? Like, Yossi played the last four years basically exclusively with Weber. Like, yeah. they were kind of attached at the hip. Um, so it makes sense that it would take some time for the two to kind of gel. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and that whole team, I think we can't talk about it enough. We say it almost every single week. That team is eventually going to have to get it going. And, and it's going to start with those two on the back end. So Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, once you get uh, – once they just continue to start – our boy uh, UC Saros in net every single night. Then they're really going to look dangerous because uh, he, he's just been excellent, but they just refuse to actually give him uh, any playing time at all. So uh, yeah, whatever's up with that. Um, it is crazy that um, so far this year, Subban and Yossi only played 83 minutes at even strength together, which is wild. Uh, not something mm-hmm. that anybody was really expecting, but obviously uh, they've got other good defensemen out there that can kind of separate the two of them. But my buy low is Matt Duchesne. Uh, Duchesne's a player who we saw nearly put up 30-30 last year. I think he had 30 goals, 29 assists. Um, mm-hmm. And these, these numbers actually kind of blew me away. He uh, he's, he has missed some time over these years, but including this year, over the last three and a half years, uh, he's averaged 27 goals and 38 assists per 82 games. Um, so he hasn't he, he's missed some time here and there, but, so if, but if he could stay uh, healthy for that whole 82, 27 to 38 is pretty impressive. Um but even this year, his he's 15 goals, 27 assists. Uh, he just nobody really see. Or sorry, 15 goals, 27 points. But nobody really seems to be noticing uh, Duchesne. Nobody's really talking about him. I know there was a little bit of a headline about him yesterday because he absolutely burned uh, Michael oh, yeah. Kempney. Uh, but I think the one thing, the real reason why I'm buying low, it's not so much that he's having a bad year because he's really not. It's just that Colorado is awful, and I feel like you yeah. can get almost any mm-hmm. single Avalanche on the cheap right now, and it mm-hmm. seems. 
like uh, Matthew Shane is the most likely player to be traded uh, at like Avalanche player to be traded at the deadline. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk about Landis Cog, uh, but Duchene seems pretty likely to get traded. And if he does, the second he gets traded, his value it doesn't even matter where he goes. His value in <laughs> his better, value yeah. in fantasy is going to skyrocket. So if you get him now before that happens, you're laughing. Yeah. I mean, it's going to suck if you trade for him and he doesn't get dealt. But like even then, he's still not having a bad year. Yeah, still, no, he I should still be I, a decent supply of goals, um, and just don't expect the plus minus. Yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah. But like, he's still he's like almost on pace for for forty goal or sorry thirty goals this year. So even yeah. if he doesn't get traded, just the the tag attached to him that that little C O L that you see beside his name when you go on your team, that alone is going to help uh, you get him Half cheaper. Th- yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happens when you're an absent. I saw a tweet today. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was, but like they're. They're on pace to have like one of the worst seasons in like forever. Like yeah, that, I, I, the most reg. Yeah. It was like the most regulation losses since like the early nineties. Like they're just that yeah, bad. worst season in forever. Well, they're, they're I wrote an article brutal. about that comparing it. Um, literally like last week, and it got shut down because they said there wasn't enough stuff and content. And I literally wrote exactly that about how they're on pace to have that losing record. And I compared them to every team since the two thousands, and they're on pace to be like literally in the top ten of the worst teams since since uh 2000 came around so that team is awful (laughs) that team is awful uh no i agree with you though brock i uh i actually traded for him this past week and strictly with the intentions that he would be traded this is one guy who like it's it's him or landis cog one of them's going before before the deadline it's uh it's inevitable at this point and i think uh as you mentioned once he does get traded he becomes almost an elite fantasy player um if he gets traded to the right spot so definitely something to keep an eye on and get him while uh while you can yeah, um, and then other guys, speaking of getting them while you can, uh, at the start of the year, we all kind of gave our fantasy hockey sleepers and who we thought uh, was going to kind of emerge from the shadows and be um, last year's Evgeny Kuznetsov or whatever the case may be. So now that we've reached the end of the first half, I just want to know, and Dee, we'll start with you, who are the guys that you kind of have on your radar to be your second half sleepers, guys that aren't really... Haven't done much in the first half, but really should explode in the second half. And, and people that are available in leagues that people can obviously pick up. Right. So um, I actually think I talked about this guy as a sleeper at the beginning of the year. But uh, Mika Zibinijad for me is a huge one right now. He's got seven goals, 10 assists in 20 games this season. Just returned last night from the broken fibula. Scored twice in 18 minutes, centering in line with Rick Nash and Pavel Buchnevich. Um, and, you know, we were all high on him coming into this season. And uh, the leg injury kind of threatened to derail, you know, what was a pretty hot start for him. He had 15 points in 19 games. Uh, but he seems to have picked up right where he left off, and, and then some, really. Um, you know, but overall, basically just including, you know, last night in that first 19-game uh, stretch there, he's shooting, he had been shooting more. Uh, he's <clears throat> just under three shots a game, excuse me. Uh, on-ice shooting percentage, a little high at 13.1%. Uh, but he's posted a relative Corsi of uh, positive 8.7%. Uh, which is awesome, obviously, through his 20 games. And uh, while his average has been closer to 16.5 on the season, his heavy usage, you know, plus 18 minutes in the first game back, kind of suggests the Rangers might uh, lean on him more down the stretch. Um, So, like, obviously an increase in ice time could help uh, definitely offset any regression he sees on his on-ice shooting percentage. And he's sitting at just 44% owned right now in Yahoo. Uh, So It's like he got hurt and everybody just forgot about him. Yeah, seriously, dude. Like, he was actually ripping it up. But, I mean, I guess... 
maybe the fact that you know so many rangers were kind of disguised it a little bit yeah um but to me like his production always looked a little more sustainable than the rest um and i like i i don't think it's long at all before his own percentage jumps up to over 50 probably by the weekend um so you know go check right now if he's still there i was able to grab him today uh, drop jordan everly to make it happen uh so that kind of gives you a sense of how high i am on zibinishad um so yeah like to me like he's just uh the, like when when you said you want to do a segment brock he was like the first guy that jumped to my mind and the other one was Pareko, but we already talked about him so it's all good yeah and uh the one thing too I noticed today it was funny on Rangers Twitter. It was kind of like at the start of the year when they got Zibanejad, because um, like Broussard had been there for so long, he had kind of established his regular line mate. So then when Zibanejad came in, they're like, "Hey, we got to find who he works with, and you know what works." And it kind of seemed like right when they started to figure out what worked with Zibanejad, he got hurt. So now he's back in that same situation. They're trying to figure out exactly who he should play with, uh, what works. But obviously, his first game back with with. Uh, Rick Nash and, and Buchnevich, you know, it worked pretty well. So I, I think yeah. you'd, you'd have to expect uh, him to stay with those two players uh, going forward. And I really like Zibanejad. I had him in my one league, and, like, every single week I was just like, come on, give me some Zibanejad news because he just sat on my IR. I'm like, I can't wait for this guy to get back because my, yeah, my he would team always was have, so, like, updates. Too. Yeah, my team was so weak at right wing, too. So I'm like, I need this guy back in the lineup so bad. Yeah. And uh, so his yeah, return was huge. He's got the dual, dual right? center yeah. and right wing right now. Which is huge. Which will probably lose by next year, but yeah, it's huge Yeah, right but now. for this year, it's, it's massive. Uh, Beeps, uh-huh. who's a guy that you're looking at as your second half sleeper here? Um, guy who I'm going to choose, uh, uh, it's Chris Kunitz. Oh, wait. Oh, oh no, it's the new Chris Kunitz. It's uh, <laughs> Connor Sheary um, out in Pittsburgh. He's currently only 30% owned, which I, don't I get find it. It doesn't make absolutely mind-blowing. The guy's playing with Crosby every single shift on regular time. Like, so, and Kunitz, Kunitz was like so 100% like, owned back in the day when this was happening, yeah. and Shiri's putting up like very comparable numbers. Even Dupuy was always through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's literally it's it's mind blowing that he's only thirty percent owned. This guy plays both the left and the right wing in fantasy hockey, so yeah. he is extremely valuable in that way. And honestly, I had to look it up because I. I I had to. Chris Kunitz is currently forty-one percent owned in, uh, in oh. Yahoo Fantasy, so he, he's eleven percent more owned. Just throwing extra shade at Chris right now. Yeah, I had to do it. Um, but That's for Connor Sheary, he has twenty-eight points in thirty-eight games so far this year. That's uh, just a little below point per game pace. He's on. Um, but, he's on pace for twenty-seven goals and thirty-one assists, which is crazy. And I know Brock before. Uh, <clears> I can't take credit for this stat at all. But before we started, you mentioned it. He's currently what is it? He's sixth in uh, in goals or in points, points for. for Points per During, 60, uh, yeah, in the NHL. Yeah, which is just crazy. Um, but something that, if you watch the games, he actually he, he stands out quite a bit. Obviously, everyone benefits from playing with Sid, but he has played uh, very good. And we, we watched him kind of break out in last year's playoffs when he had 10 points in 23 games to match his, uh, his, his 10 points on the whole season that he already had. We watched him kind of break out there. And I think this is just his next step in breaking out as Sidney Crosby's new Chris Kunitz. Um, so for me, Sherry's definitely a guy to keep an eye on for the second half as Sid continues to just rip up the league. Um, yeah, and then I also just wanted to quickly mention uh, a defenseman out in Pittsburgh who I think is going to have an absolutely massive second half. We've talked about it, but Justin Schultz just deserves a little bit more credit. Um, he's so under the radar and still kind of getting not enough respect, but he is Latang right now. In well, Pittsburgh especially with Latang out, like it's yeah, just exactly, crazy. yeah. So for the second half, I mean, who would, who would not be surprised to see Latang come back for two games and then get injured for the rest of the year? Um, <laughs> it easily happened. It seems to happen all the time. So, uh, so yeah, I so just wanted to give a shout-out to Justin Schultz on that one, too. Definitely someone who uh, who's going to have a huge second half, I believe. Yeah, and you, and just to go back to the point, I mean, obviously points per 60, you can 
you can look at it as just a guy that's not playing and he hasn't scored. He's scored, you know, in his limited minutes. But Shiri's not a guy that's not. He's getting a lot of minutes and he's consistently producing um, in those minutes. So yeah, he's sixth behind Vanek, Crosby, Zucker, Brandon Saad, and Scott Hartnell is actually fifth in the league. Uh, so <laughs> right. that's kind of one of those examples of a guy that's not getting a lot of minutes but is scoring uh, in his minutes. But Shiri's getting a ton of minutes and he continues to score um, and. Just to go back to who who D mentioned as Mika Zibanejad, he's actually eighth in the NHL in points per sixty. Uh, he obviously missed some time, but even he's making the most of his playing time as well. Uh, and as D alluded to, obviously he's playing. You know, he could be playing upwards of eighteen minutes a night, which is huge. But I, I picked up Shiri like three months ago, and he's been yeah. ripping it up since I picked right? him up. I cannot right? believe the fact that Kunitz. I can't believe that statistic. That is just. Mind blowing. That's hilarious. I absolutely love it. Uh, when I looked at it, I honestly like had to hold back my obnoxiously loud laugh that was about to come. Uh, that's uh, hilarious. I, you know, you guys took two of the better sleep, second half sleepers. Um, so I just, I have one that I think it was just more of a novelty pick because we love the guy so much. But I took Nino Niederreiter. Um, boy. If you, if you look my at Nino boy. Niederreiter's underlying numbers, he's literally like an analytic. Yeah. <laughs> dream like he's just the best he's man um and i don't you remember like mimico heroes his hero charts that you guys you, you'd see all of last year and stuff mm-hmm. so sure. the hero charts are back uh they're back for this season i think he just was maybe just collecting a lot of data over the first half of the season so the hero charts are back and they're excellent uh they're up they're updated they're even better than last year's and if you look at Nieder riders it's just insanity um he's virtually the top top in the league in suppressing shots while also having first line impact in generating shots it's just it's it's mind-blowing but then the only issue is his ice time where he looks Mm -hmm. like more of a third line player because he just they just refuse to play him which is out of this world we literally talked about this like for the last three years like if they gave this guy first line minutes he'd be a first line player like in a heartbeat like and, he's so good well, I swear he's, to God. he's so good at suppression shots and i think Still a lot of the reason why he doesn't do it is because he's more of a shutdown line type of guy with eric howla which fine but <laughs> yeah. he's so good offensively too i mean this guy was traded for cal clutterbuck eat your heart out garth snow we're just gonna continue <laughs> to rip this guy apart but nino el nino is the man and if he only sees more ice time which I'm just calling that it's going to happen because that's what that's what sleepers are all about is taking a shot in the dark here. So I'm going to say whether it's via injury or just coaching decision, we're going to see more playing time for Niederreiter in the second half and a big second half because more playing time means more production. So look for a little bit better things out of El Nino uh, in the second half. And then another guy I just want to touch on quickly uh, is Brett Ritchie. He's a real shot in the dark. Um, but Dallas is still not in the playoffs right now. And as they continue to maybe work their way towards the deadline, maybe they'll start moving some guys out of town, uh, you know, whether it's Patrick Sharp or, or whatever. Richie is the one – Richie gets everybody excited because he plays in the top six and he scores, and then he goes back down in the bottom six for a couple games, and then he comes back up to the top six and he scores. He's a guy that's shooting a ton. He's on pace for nearly 180 shots. Um, so he shoots a bunch. And if he just sees consistent playing time, you'll see his shots go up even more. So Brett Ritchie's another guy if you're in a super deep league to maybe uh, keep an eye on here in the second half yeah, uh, as yep. a deep sleeper. Yep. But that's it. Uh, we apologize to all of our listeners that only show up for the Blue Stones um, because we, you only got to listen to one minute of the Blue Stones today instead of the regular maybe two we'll or three minutes. Maybe minute. extend it a little. Yeah, 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 I'll, just play, I'll just play the full song. I'll just play the full yeah. song for, for the boys. <laughs> Uh, but D, you're really good at plugging the Blue Stone, so why don't you go ahead and take care of that? 
Uh, yeah, so, you know, thanks for coming out, guys. We'll see you again next Thursday. And, uh, you know, we're just going to let the uh, sweet, sweet licks of the Blue Stones take it away here. Broken down, All right, see so you guys next week. I drop my wounds and I I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision narrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set on free Because this silence is killing me the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.